I am recording. Hi, I'm George Tekmichev here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson for Long Overdue. Eastern Target Archery Podcast, Steve. Yeah, what have we been doing? Well, a lot, right? I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You've got a whole new product line coming out tomorrow as we speak from Hoyt. Uh, not so much Target Archery stuff, but, yeah. you know, big deal. And uh, we've been working on new product from Easton. Um, maybe December 1st is the pub- the public date for when that's going to be revealed, in spite of the fact that it if you're in Japan, you already know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back from Japan. Um, you're headed within about eight hours to uh, to the Netherlands. Yeah, going to Kings of Archery. So while we've been uh, getting ready for all this stuff and coming back from all this stuff, big news, Pan American Games are done, and this might be America's most successful archery event at the Pan Am Games yet. Certainly from the metal count, it is. Sure. They shot really well. A lot of them. A lot of them did well. They did. A lot of folks did great. And um, particularly happy to see my fellow student of Richard Tone, Jackson Mirich, winning the big W with a, I mean, shout out, just an amazing 30 to win the match over his opponent from Mexico. Yeah, Jackson is continually showing that that promise, you know, well, uh, not showing the promise. He's shown promise for a long time, but um, following through on that promise that he has shown. Right, right. And, you know, yeah. we had lunch earlier today with uh, our good friend Jay Bars and Jay. 1988 Olympic gold medalist Jay Bars is how I always refer to him. I yes. never have said, hey, Jay. No. Hi, 1988 Olympic gold medalist Jay Bars. Yeah. No, I don't do that, but yeah. I should. It'd be funny. <laughs> I don't know if he'd think it was funny or not. Um, he was kind of pleased that he was walking through uh, your office earlier today and everybody recognized him. I think that he was surprised and happy that that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jay's a humble guy. Uh, said nobody ever. <laughs> you know, Steve, he is my absolute closest friend, but the man does have a champion's mindset mindset yeah right and um you know that's one reason he's been so successful all these years so his observation the reason i brought it up his observation was today for the maybe the first time uh, he saw the look of a winner on jackson's face as jackson was shooting those last two matches yeah he said that that total focus right that steel-eyed focus yeah no more just you know a kid happy to be up there right right he was determined, according to Jay, and uh, you know what? It paid off for Jackson. Uh, his family's thrilled about it. I saw a Facebook post about it where they gave credit to Dick Tone and to Jay Bars and a whole host of other folks, Easton Arrows, Hoyt Bows, and uh, other other uh, equipment suppliers. But I'll tell you, he's a good kid, and I think he's got a huge potential in front of him. So it's nice to see. Matias Grande from Mexico did not roll over either. I mean, he, he you know fought hard. Uh, it ended up as a 6-4 victory for Jackson. Ricardo Soto of Chile took third place, beating Brady Ellison for the bronze medal. And then, uh, you know, Jack Williams did pretty well. He finished sixth, coming back from his uh, shoulder stuff that he's dealing with. Uh, the top qualifier was Marcus de Almeida, um, finished in the, you know, that ninth place bracket, um, along with uh, some... Other good shooters like Crispin Duenas and Eric Peters from Canada. Um, Nicholas Diamore of um, 
Virgin Islands US was uh, in that 17th bracket along with uh, a couple of other notable shooters. And I think that, you know, this was a, a very credible event from the standpoint of, of, you know, sometimes Pan Ams is not that hard of an event. This one, this one would have been a tough one. Yeah, the Pan Am Championships is usually uh, sending a B team for the USA and some yeah. teams do the same. The Pan Am Games is, yeah. that's the big one. It is. Yeah, it's the, so Sorry. Pan Am Championships would be just archery on its own. I think, and then Pan Am Games is a multi-sport event with Correct. a lot of the Olympic sports. Correct, plus and some. Quite a few, quite a few notable people in our sport have made their bones at Pan Am Games and then gone on to big things uh, in the Olympics the year after. Yeah, it's a it's a good stepping stone. Kind of shows where you're at heading into the Olympic year. Yeah. and you know, people like like Alejandra Valencia. She won women's recurve. She sure did. She's had a good year all year, and she's keeping it going. You know, Very some people solid. they wrap up world champs or world cup final and it's a it's a shutdown and then they they don't always get it back going into the olympic year you know in the month of october um casey coffold made it to the number one uh position on the women's world ranking list then a korean archer took over in november i'm not going to be terribly surprised if we see casey potentially back up there maybe depending on what happens uh, as we speak, also we have the Asian Championship going on in yeah, Bangkok. Yeah, all sorts of. So that could ha- that could affect things. The 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 way the ranking list works is so convoluted that I'm not going to count on it. But uh, you know, no, and it it they've in my opinion ruined it. Yeah, well, clearly, you know, in more ways than one. But yeah, yeah, we're we're now the trouble is now it counts for something. Well, now yeah, and now it <laughs> they're they're baiting. We've talked about this before. It's abating uh, the countries that don't participate in anything other than outdoor target to get involved in indoor and field archery right like and korea doesn't do any field archery no and, and you know yeah and indoor generally their a team does not do indoor. oh no they send their company teams you yeah you, you don't see i mean you'll see ojin hyuk but you don't see uh, but he's on his own he's not traveling yeah, to remember the national team doing he's thing. doing his thing by the yep. way speaking of ojin hyuk um He's back at it. He's at the Asian Games in Bangkok right now. Along shooting a Formula XD. Shooting yeah. a Formula XD and his normal X10 arrow shafts. And uh, same deal for uh, his teammate, uh, Kim Woo-jin, who's shooting the new Hoyt GMX3 at this event. GMX3. He's got a yellow one. If you're wondering how you get a yellow one, uh, you all you have to do is win a few world championships and... And Olympic shoot, Games. Be the first man to shoot a 700 and yeah, a couple of Olympic gold medals teams, albeit, but... You do all that, and Hoyt will probably get you a yellow bow. I'll put it this way. I'm reasonably good friends with you guys at Hoyt. I couldn't couldn't get a yellow bow. Yeah, I can't get a yellow bow. You couldn't get a yellow bow, and you're a world champion. So I used to get a yellow bow, but now it's harder. It's like, you really got to be... I think Jay Bars might still qualify for a yellow bow as an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. But that's a short list, folks. It's a short list. I'm a company man, so I don't go outside what is standard configuration. Oh, I'm happy with my orange. Yeah. That, Wait a minute. Where'd you get an orange one? Well, it could be that one turned up in my bow case without... I have no idea how it got oh, there. Interesting. I'm missing an orange bow from my office. I don't know anything about that. <sighs> anyway, uh, Jennifer Messino from USA. Did She did pretty well, as did Catalina Noriega. Uh, team champions, too. Team champions. That's right. I was, I was uh, about to get there. And uh, thanks for picking that up, because I think that it's another big success story for Team USA... Uh, in the recurves, uh, you know, we really saw a great performance from the standpoint of what they wanted to accomplish. And, of course, 
that mixed team was the important one from the standpoint of securing a slot for the American men. Now, Casey Koffold already secured a slot for the American women for Paris 2024. Now we have at least one slot for the American men, which means we will at the very least, if everything else goes off the rails, we will at least have a shot at a mixed team medal as well as individual uh, yeah. for men and women. Uh, so they get some teams qualified. Though. But we got yeah one more chance to do that. That's going to be in Turkey next year, and I I got to tell you, it's not going to be easy. We got wait say say it again. We've got just a women's team, or just or sorry, just a men's team, or neither of them. Neither of them. We have an individual yeah. in each. Yep, just one of each. And therefore a mixed team. Yeah. But we don't have a full recurve men's team, and we don't have a full recurve women's team unless they pull out the stops, and win at the final qualifying tournament. Right. Um, and then there's other, there's a wild card situation where if you're high enough on the world ranking list, you know, there's individual slots. We're, we're no longer in contention for those. It's it's basically one, all, or nothing. Yeah. The way it works. So we got our one. Got our one. Now we need to get them all. And that's the, that's the next goal, I'm sure, for Rod Menzer and USA Archery and Coach Lee and everybody else involved there. Uh, in the meantime, though, um, you know, on the compound side, for I think maybe only the second time now, compound's been contested at this event. And yes, second time. First time was my good buddy Roberto Hernandez as the winner. What a stud. Yeah, fourth place this time. But he won a team gold medal. Yeah. And it's weird because at Pan Am Games, they've never had teams. So he's the first ever team gold medalist and the first ever individual gold medalist in compound. Yeah. But they didn't do teams last time. They did teams this time. And it's not teams like you and I are used to. This is two-man teams. teams. Two-person teams. Two-man teams for the men, two-women teams for the women, and then mixed team event as well. They shoot the men's and women's team just like a mixed team, 160 points. So uh, Roberto... Hernandez and Douglas Vladimir Nolasco of El Salvador beat the USA team Chris Schaff and Sawyer Sullivan. Yeah, so Roberto will now become, like, I think they've only had three ever gold medalists in Pan Am Games in El Salvador or something like that. So Roberto now has two. He'll become the president of the country. (laughs) I'm not kidding. You might not be wrong. For bronze, Colombia, Sebastian Arenas and Jagdeep Singh. Um... Is Colombia starting to import shooters from India? or? <laughs> no. Hey, man, if I'm an Indian shooter, I might be looking for a new home, too. Hey, the way they're shooting, team? why yeah. not? I'll bet they're getting recruited the way Koreans get recruited in other countries, you know? I wouldn't be surprised. It, it could happen. Um, but, you know, for the, uh, for the compound women's team, uh, another success story for the United States, Olivia Dean and Alexis Ruiz, uh, they defeated the team of Colombia, which had the superpowers of... Sarah Lopez and Alejandra Uschiano. Yeah. Um, so that was a great accomplishment for those two ladies. Yeah. And Andrea I'd call Becerra, that an upset. Yeah. I'd call it an upset for sure. Uh, Andrea Becerra and Daphne Quintero of Mexico for the bronze over the team of El Salvador. Sofia Paz and Paola Corrado. Um, now, when we look at the mixed team situation, for the compound mixed team, what we see is a success story for Colombia. Uh, which was the team of the legendary Sarah Lopez, the GOAT, and Jagdeep Singh. Uh, they beat uh, Team USA, which was Chris Schaff and Alexis Ruiz. And then the bronze went to Mexico, 
which was the team of Daphne Quintero and Sebastian Garcia. So, yeah. You don't see mixed team in compound all that often, do you? Uh, just at World Cups, generally. Right. World Championships. I mean, yeah, yeah anywhere we really common. shoot. Anywhere we shoot this. But, right. yeah, I think these were the... F- I don't think they did mixed team at the last Pan Ams either. Right. I think this is a new... Yeah. This was like the lead up to, you know, maybe compounds getting in the Olympics. Did we do a podcast about how that's not happening? We have not yet done that. All right. Maybe we'll touch on that after this. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, Let's finish up. Let's hit the individual winners because they deserve some shine. We should. Uh, So, but before we go there, one more thing to mention is, of course, the recurve mixed team. And that was Team USA, Brady and Casey, Casey, the dynamic duo. Do it again. Uh, 6-2 over Cuba, 5-3 over Colombia, and then for the gold, 6-2 over Brazil. The Brazilian team, not a team that you'd consider to be one to be rolled over easily either. Marcus de Almeida, uh, who was the top qualifier for the recurve men, and Ana Machado, uh, and they shot pretty well. Ana Machado shot good the whole time. Yep. Silver medalist. I'm going to spoil that one before we get... I've now told you everyone except the bronze medalist in women's recurve. You have. If you've been paying attention, you know that everyone, you know of everyone who medaled in women's individual recurve except Casey Koffel. I think I mentioned it earlier, didn't I? Ah, oh, you might have. I might have. But anyway, yeah, Casey was Dang. Casey was third. Spoilers. It's all good. And I'm then, sure, uh, like, if anyone's listening, I'm sorry I spoiled it. It's all good. They probably know by now anyway if they actually care. Yeah, if they're listening this deep, they've already watched the results come in. Right? Okay, so moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we really do need to shift gears here and talk about what happened with... Uh, yeah. So um, I'm going to recap this as succinctly as I can because it's it's not worth going too deep into the weeds on it. Um, I say we go a little bit into the weeds, but not too deep into the weeds. Are you disappointed? No, I'm not. And i got to say that no, I'm not either. And I'll tell you why, but I want to hear why you first. Because I think what they had proposed, which, if I'm not mistaken, was 16 total people. Might have sucked. Men and women combined. Might not have been a good thing. Yeah, don't put it in unless you're going to do it right. Do it right. Yeah, so I didn't want to see some real compressed field with men competing against women individually. That would have been horrible. Yeah, I mean... If it's 16 men, 16 women, uh, you're starting to get there, but I think it needs to be a field of 32 minimum. I do not want to sound like the subject of one of Aesop's fables and talk about sour grapes here, but here's the reality. What was proposed in the end might not have served us very well at all. Yeah. It would have damaged potentially archery in general. Yeah. And I don't want to get into why. I have some thoughts about why, but I don't think it's appropriate for me to get into them. I'm no expert after all. But I will say this. I think it's okay. I really do. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't think it is out of the question that for Brisbane, we might see a better plan, potentially. What is Brisbane? That's, when, the, when is... that's the Olympics after Los Angeles. Okay, 2032. Yeah, 32. Yeah. And then it's going to be probably in Delhi, right? Is that right? I don't think they've announced that one yet. It seems to be the common theme is that they think that. People are talking that way, which is why they think cricket got in on it's this one. It's pretty remarkable that Delhi is being considered after what happened to the Commonwealth Games there, but we'll see. Yeah, universal consensus seems to be... Hey, most populous, most populous nation on the planet. And it's got the most uh, investment inflows going right now as well. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's a place where there's considerable growth. Um, well, in ten years, we may we may be seeing every you know if you're listening to this on a on a electronic device, obviously uh, it was probably built in one place. In ten or fifteen years, it could very well be built in that place. Yeah, very possible. Yep. You know. Anyway, as as we continue to uh, rocket around the sun, um, what were your thoughts? You 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 were expressing the idea that it would not have been ideal yeah. for us to have that kind of around. I think that what I heard at the last minute was the only way we could have had it was if it came out of the hide of recurve. No, thank you. That's not a good plan. Yeah, I don't think so either. You're. Uh... In other words, we would have lost sixteen people from yeah. eight men and eight women, and and you know what that who that would have cost? That would have cost developing countries. Now you and I have talked about this before. potentially, or it would have cost the middle ground countries. Either way, the ones who have a chance at getting a team in now, boom! Nope, we can't have that many teams. It would have hurt archery in general. Yeah, uh, if that were the case, I think in, if you go and contest an event, that's honestly that feels like a Saturday morning club shoot, sixteen people. Um, I've had local matches, local tournaments, with sixteen people, and fifteen of them. This was a Vegas style shoot. Fifteen of them were Vegas nine hundred shooters here in Utah, and the sixteenth person who was not was me. I hadn't made it yet, so. That's how competitive you can put a 16-person round, right? And yep. at, at a local level. Yep. Um, but even then, you're leaving... How you do know. you do justice to those talented yeah. shooters from India and Colombia and... I mean, right. just name the country and, you know, not, not a yeah, good Yeah, it's just... And as, a, and as a, an archer, if I win that, I don't know that I'm going to be like, wow, I really ran the gauntlet and I went through the best that the world has to offer and I won the Olympic Games. I'm going to be like, yeah, they kind of threw together this cobbled... Saturday morning match, and I, I won. You're touching upon the next point I want to make. Steve, you are somebody who's shot at the highest level in every form of compound archery. World field, you've shot in, you know, high level in every... You've shot at high level in target, world cups. You've shot at high level, world indoor, world stage with the compound bow. What is the most important event to Steve Anderson as a compound competitor? What's the most important? It's going to be Vegas. Correct. Now, I'm going to channel my inner Jay Bars and say that I think the Olympic Games should be that answer to people who care about their sport if it's in the Games. Right. Yeah, but you know it's not the case. Soccer, football, World Cup is certainly more important to those yeah, competitors. Yeah. Golf... There's the Masters. The Masters or any, you know, maybe something. In, yeah, I think in, the Olympics is starting to be a thing for them. Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying It's like here. a sideshow. Tennis? No, Wimbledon tennis maybe? Not, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, didn't Andy Murray win one year? But like, Olympic oh, tennis is not the pinnacle of tennis for these no. ATP. You no, know. it's the four majors. And um, I can go on from there. Basketball, we can talk about baseball, we can talk about all that stuff. However, if you ask a recurve shooter... What is the most important event? Yep. Okay? It's the Olympics. Yeah, it's not Vegas. No. What would be doing justice to the compound sport would be to have that event be even more important than Vegas. 
Yeah. To the compound shooter. There's nobody in recurve archery who says, oh, yeah, I'm capable, but I'm not going to shoot the Olympics this year. No, the only reason we struggle with a struggle stick is to have that shot at the Olympics. And I I don't care who you are. uh, On some level, that's what got you on a recurve bow. Yeah. And they all, all of them who are capable of making an Olympic team are going to try. Yeah. And not all of them who are capable of making an Olympic team and winning care about going to Vegas. No. That's not... No, no. On, in it's fact, a, a lot show. of times it's like, oh, I'm not going to go to Vegas this year. It gets in the way of me making the Olympics. Right. So... And you and I know people who are foregoing certain events because they're focused on getting yeah. ready for Paris. But if you had to ask me... I, I mean, this is, a bold, this is a bold claim. If you had to ask me, you can win Vegas... Or make the the Olympics, but it's a sixteen person event. I'd be like, well, I'm going to take the Vegas win. If you said, all right, you can win the Olympics or win Vegas, it would be a hard choice. If it was a sixteen person event, if it's a normal event, and you go, yeah, I'm going to win the Olympics, like a recurver. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take that because that's cool. But a sixteen person sideshow, I'm I'm glad it didn't happen. People will be mad at me for saying that, but I'm glad. I don't think most people knew that what was proposed was a 16-person event. Yeah, knowing what I know after the fact, I am almost relieved that it didn't yeah. happen. Now, you know, I was disappointed. My my initial disappointment was actually pretty selfish because I was working pretty hard for the last few years to get a archery, compound archery in the school program going in Japan in particular. It's kind of my area of specialty, Japan. And uh, guess what? They're not dissuaded. They're they're still going to try to do it. Charge on. Yeah. That's so nice. yeah, we got five schools lined up right now, getting ready for uh, ring tournaments, and and I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, because one thing the compound does for students in Japan is not require quite as much of a time commitment to have an enjoyable level of proficiency. And yeah, you can go. Forgive me if that sounds unfair, but you know what no, I'm saying. We all know it's true. I mean, it's. <laughs> Yeah, you, you want to get to where you're competent at regularly hitting a 10 ring, you can get there with a compound pretty faster fast. Than, faster yeah. than with a recurve. Now, you want to get to the point where you're competent enough to never miss the 10 ring? Pretty hard. 100%. Yeah, and it's just different games. Yeah, and I've said this before. I know that I, people who've known me for a long time think that I have a reputation of looking down on compound. Absolutely not the case. I no, look down I on barebow. So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on, I'm kidding. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. I love the bear. There's a, I think you've at times had the reputation, of which I think I is why you make the joke. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I I will say that uh, actually there's a couple barebow people out there, some of my favorite archers, and just full stop. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. But I will tell you, um, you know, a uh, couple, by the way, in Japan, I, nationals, I didn't talk about the trip to Japan I just got back from. Um, but a couple of national level competitors, including. Uh, uh, my friend Kaori Mitsuyama, who's the uh, World Masters champion, uh, she shot barebow at nationals just to just to do it and took silver. So, you know, you can take a good recurve shooter and get him on a barebow, and for a while at least, till certain phenomena creep in. Yeah, <laughs> lack of a clicker. Uh, you can you can shoot pretty well. So uh, she did just fine with that thing. I would say that uh, of all the people at that event. Just like I've heard at U.S. Nationals and some other events, clearly the Barebow folks are having the most fun. Yeah, they're doing it differently, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, look at Yuta Yamamoto, for example. Uh, he does the trifecta, right? High-level 
recurve shooter, high-level compound shooter. He's won nationals in both of those in Japan, and now barebow champion. So, huh? Uh, actually, yeah, I think maybe for the second time. So, yeah, I know he's has he's won them all, right? Yeah, and yeah. he yeah. So pretty solid. I yeah. bet. And isn't he going to shoot compound next year or something? He's got some plan. Yeah, he's got what, a plan. But, yeah, so. good shooter. He's a really good shooter. Um, he's actually going to be coming here after Vegas and spending some time with you, I understand, to learn the ins and outs of high-level compounds. So, Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, so it'll be pretty cool. Kings of Archery is next on the calendar. It is the 10th through the 12th of November in Eindhoven, uh, sort of in the south-central Netherlands, uh, real close to our good friends at Jan van Drunen, JVD. And uh, that thing is starting in three days and 21 hours as we sit here recording right now. I only got that much time to get there, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Better start swimming fast. Yeah. Anyway, the the event sold out pretty quick. I think it was nine minutes or something. Seriously? Yeah, I don't remember. Sonder told me. What's their their ceiling? What's their total capacity? Do you have Um, any idea? I don't recall. I think it's in the neighborhood of 800 or 900. Yeah. Yeah. They they need a bigger venue. Yeah. Well, not an easy thing, right? Yeah, they need to... They need to go until they find the limit where people, you know, they're no longer at capacity. You know, they... um, I don't know what that's going to be. I'm sure it's uh, their wait list is probably a couple hundred archers deep, so wow. I guess. Yeah. But how many don't sign up because, you know, oh, I, I, I can't get a spot. Too hard to get a spot. And how many don't sign up because, oh, my friend's not going, and he'd drag me along if he was. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of that that you might have 200 on the wait list, and you might be able to plug in four or 500 more just because of – the fact that everyone knows you fill up fast. Yeah. I haven't uh, shopped the the tournament since it was the face-to-face back in the day. Well, and they're not even... So it's been a while. They're not even... Those are... They're not of the same vein. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, face-to-face was in Amsterdam proper. Right. And it was a different organizing committee. But essentially, mm-hmm. this is the spiritual successor to that sure. event. Yeah, similar time frame, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember yeah. when face-to-face was. Yeah. But. Now, this one's not on the World Cup uh, Indoor World Champ... Sorry, Indoor... What do they call it? Indoor, indoor World, World Series. Series. Yep. Uh, circuit. But um, it is sort of... I mean, if... If we look at it objectively, it's sort of the Lancaster of Europe, right? From the standpoint of... Yeah. Because it's not a standard format. It's a little different. Um, but it's audience-focused, right? And it's got a mix of... I mean, you've got seminars, for example, from Easton and uh, Hoyt. You're doing a seminar. It says so right here. Look at that. See that? Oh. Hoyt Archery, Steve Anderson, says so right there. They're going to be real upset because... I am introducing Doug Denton and saying go. <laughs> hey, they'll get some quality out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, Dean Alberga is there to do a seminar about archery photography. I'll, I would actually love to sit in on that. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I would love to sit in and get, I mean, you know. I mean, I don't know even anything about photography, so I think I'd need to take the 101 class. There's two good archery photographers, Dean Alberga and Yoshi Komatsu. I'm sure there might be some others out there, but those are the ones that. Those are the ones that the, do it all the They're the legends, time. yeah. Right? And uh, one of them is, is certainly Dean Alberga, and he's going to do a seminar on, on archery photography. So that's pretty cool. 
and uh, you know you get to see all the all the cool stuff that JVD sells if you're uh, if you're interested in that stuff too. All the latest product stuff directly from the makers of the bows. Yeah. And if you're going to be at the Easton booth, you will get to see the new stuff that's actually coming out December first in advance. Oh really? Yep. Wow. But they got a sneak peek. Cool new arrow. Um, kind of a kind of a sport utility vehicle arrow for everybody that wants high performance and super quality and a killer price and I'm not saying anymore hmm. and made in USA we'll Very just leave it at that. we'll yeah. talk all about it when you get back talk all about it December 1 yeah so I'm gonna wrap it from here because we're at half an hour and you are still packing your bags I haven't started packing my bags that's the problem so oh that was Doug that was packing the bags Doug packed his bags yeah Doug's a studious gentleman Doug so. is a, a disciplined fella. Yeah. You and I are more of a fly by the seat of our pants a little bit. A little but, bit. Uh, but not in a bad way. No. I mean, you know, it's experience. It We're problem solvers. That's for sure. Yeah. Do the best we can to solve problems with what we got. Yes. And, you know. Um, Doug's a problem preventer with his studiousness. He gets ahead of it. Yeah. We fix it after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So, um, you got any other uh, other stuff to talk about before we go? Um, nope. 